Let us begin, Baruch Hashem, another day, thank God, thank you Hashem for another day that we can choose to live this day, Baruch Hashem, in, in the proper way, and it doesn't matter how a person lived before now, what matters is what's in his hands right now, which is the only thing he has anyway, right? Because we don't have tomorrow and we don't have yesterday. The only thing we have is what's right in front of us. And as we know, the Yitzhahara likes, likes negativity. The Yitzhahara likes marashchira. Yitzhahara likes us to feel down. Yitzhahara likes us to feel that we can't accomplish. Yitzhahara likes anything negative. He loves that. And Baruch Hashem, we're able to fight the Sahara, and we're able to push away the Sahara through thinking more positive, being more positive. It's one of the reasons why we learn purity of speech, Hilchus Lashon Hara, because someone who speaks Lashon Hara is a negative person, somebody who has negativity inside of him, which obviously is a normal thing, and it's a typical thing for a person to have negativity inside but, uh, but we want to change that, we want to grow, and we want life. We want life. And uh, life is, is not like that. Life, as the Maral says, that one of the people who's considered dead is a Mitzorah. One of the reasons someone, one of the people who's considered dead is a Mitzorah is because someone who's dead cannot give to anybody and cannot do something for anyone. The one who talks Lush and Hara is not somebody who can get life from himself. He's someone who gets life from other people. He gets his ability to feel good from other people by putting down other people. So that's one of the reasons why we learn purity of speech, and we try and at least learn the halacha. Someone sent me Erev Shabbos. I'll read you his, uh, his WhatsApp. Did he send me Erev Shabbos? One second. And I get this... Baruch Hashem. Someone sent me Erev Shabbos. Was about to speak Lashon Hara, but he says, Raisi, he says he imagined us in Shir over here and just wanted to give some nachas that he was just about to speak Lashon Hara and then where do you remember? He remembered us learning the Hilchas Lashon Hara together and therefore he stopped talking Lashon Hara. So, so that's unbelievable. It's worth it. It's worth it just... Just for that one, right? It's worth it just for that one person. It's worth worth it for us to learn because we never know when the Yitzhahara is going to attack. We never know when the Yitzhahara is going to come. All we can do is learn the halachas every day. And like the Chavetz Chaim promises us that somebody who learns the halachas every day, that it will become easier for him to not want to speak Lashon Hara, um, he says, if one learns my Sefer on a daily basis, his Yitzhahara for Lashon Hara will become smaller until it will eventually leave him completely. Unbelievable. And I know as far as we're concerned, the more a person, the more a person learns the Halachas, the more he's doing his, his Shtadlis, he's doing whatever he can not to speak Lashon Hara. So Hashem should help all of us to understand the Halachas, we should be zochet to have great conversations with people, and not be not speak any lashon hara. Us and all the Jewish people. Um, Halacha and practice, second level rechilas. So first level rechilas we know is what. First level rechilas is that you tell somebody about somebody else. Right, let's use names, it'll be easier. If you tell Yaakov that Chaim, right, you tell Yaakov that Chaim doesn't like you. So if I tell Yaakov that Chaim doesn't like you, that's Rechilas, right? If I tell Yaakov that Chaim said that you're a not a nice person, that's Rechilas. That's not Lashon Hara, it's Rechilas which is, means you're peddling. I'm peddling and I'm causing ill feelings between Yaakov and Chaim. Now, there's second level Rechilas. Says 
uh, the Chavetz Chaim in Hilchas Rechilas Gimel Beis Gimel. If your friend tells you that someone spoke against you, so let's say, right? I tell Yaakov that Chaim spoke lashon hara about you, then you cannot. Yaakov can't go back to Chaim, right? Let's say I go to Yaakov and I say, Yaakov, Chaim said this bad thing about you. So now Yaakov should not go back to Chaim and tell Chaim, why did you say this about me? Right? He gives an example. Your friend tells you, my mother complained to me that you never return things that you borrow from her. So your friend just spoke Rechilas. Again, your friend tells you that my mother complained to me that you never return the things that you borrowed from her. So your friend just spoke Rechilas. You now cannot confront your friend's mother and ask her, why did you say that about me? Why? What's the problem? Because your friend's mother will automatically conclude that her child, meaning your friend, repeated her comment and therefore, you're causing your friend's mother to be upset with him. Okay. Now, you would also be usher to tell your friend, for your friend to tell others about his mother's comments also, even if he doesn't tell you about it. Why? Right? So meaning you're not allowed to tell, your, your, you're not allowed to tell, your friend is not allowed to tell um, other people about his mother's comments also about you, right? Even if he doesn't tell you about it. Why? Because, number one, eventually it will get back to you, right? So you can't just tell a random person, by the way, I want to tell you that so-and-so said this thing about you, even if you're not telling to the person himself, right? If you can, meaning you can't tell, just the example that I was saying originally, you can't tell Yaakov that you can't tell somebody else, that Chaim said this thing about Yaakov. Why? Because ultimately, it'll get back to, to him. Number two, you are saying Lashon Hara, you're saying that he said Lashon Hara, meaning you're saying that, that um, Chaim spoke Lashon Hara. And number three, by repeating the comment, you're also guilty of speaking, you're also... He is also guilty of speaking Lashon Hara about you. Okay, that was in this case. Okay, I hope that wasn't... Uh, I know there are a few cases going on over here. Let's just, let me just simplify it again. All right, let's get to the case that he brings. Right? So your friend tells you... Your friend tells you that my mother... Right, so your friend's mother complained to your friend saying that you borrow... That you never return things that you borrow from her. So your friend is causing this um, ill feelings between you and his mother. That's much more like direct, no? That's regular rechilas, yeah. Okay. Right, that's regular rechilas. So now, you can't go ahead and confront your friend's mother and say, why did you say that about me? Because what did you do right now? You're now causing... I don't know why he brings the case. I mean, probably the Chavetz Chaim does it, so I'm not going to ask any questions on that. Probably why he's bringing the mother and the son. It, like, confuses it a little bit, for me at least. But then that causes ill feelings between the mother and the child. So I always need to, like, double-check before I'm going to, like, confront somebody if it's for anything like real or whatever. That right. I'm well, especially if someone says. If someone says... If I tell you, Yehuda, uh, Chaim said this thing about you. So by you confronting him, so then you just completed the triangle. Now Chaim's going to be upset at me, right? Why did I tell it to you? So your causes, besides that, now there are ill feelings between you two. Now there are ill feelings about us two. And then I can't even say, right, that... Um, Somebody, I can't even tell somebody else that Chaim said negative things about you. Why? Because, number one, it might get back to you. Number two, I'm saying that Chaim spoke Lashon Hara. Right? 
And number three, I, I'm also saying I'm also saying lashon hara by saying that he yeah, said, that he yeah, correct. Yeah. What happens if someone uh, tells you something like very, very like serious and very like, you know, it's it's a lot to take in, and you feel like the best thing to do with it is to go to a higher authority about it. Yeah, that's you're fine. Not, you're not like. That's fine. Again, anytime. Like he 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 might not like. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he has that trust. Like maybe Justin knew he doesn't want you to tell anyone. Like how, how do you deal with that? Well, if somebody if somebody tells you a secret, even if that secret that's another thing we learned. Even a regular secret, you're not allowed to tell anybody. Even someone if tells I think you. That a, someone else can help me more than I can. Okay, good. That might be a little, good. That that maybe you could ask the guy. Right. Ask him. Right. Do you mind if I tell so and so that they can maybe help you? Or if obviously if it's some obviously if you could if if someone's like extremely, in trouble, extremely serious. Yeah, extremely if someone serious. if someone if you know someone is in a bad situation yeah. and, and, and you have to, and you want to help them, then of course you're allowed to. Of course. Of course. Okay, any other question, comments? I know this is a little complicated, is that clear? Uh, if you think that it might solve the problem, would you be allowed to, to confront the person? Right, that's a good point. Right, that's a good point. He's saying if it, if it's going to solve a problem, I guess you would have to ask. I guess um, I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, you're saying that it'll bring peace between them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just speak out the problem instead of just one party like disliking the other. Right. What's the What's the? He's saying. Let's say if I say that, oh, this person spoke something negative about you. And then you feel, I think this is what Moshe is saying, you would feel by you approaching that person that you could make peace with him. So Moshe is saying, in that case, would that be all right? I don't know. I guess it, would, I guess he, it sounds like Chavz Chaim saying you can't. Maybe you could just go around and not say, oh, I heard you said something bad about me. You could just say, how are you doing? How can we? But it could be, that's what he's saying. I mean, to go ahead and say... Um, and say, why did you say that about me? I heard you said that about me. Let's talk about it. That you can't do. But to go ahead and say, hey, how you doing? And bring out another conversation. Then maybe say, you know, through that, could, could be that that would be a good, good, good idea to do. Yeah, very good point, Moshe. Good point. Yeah. I'm a, I see another way that being is that you don't have to say a human's name. For example, let's say something happened. To, is it? Are you allowed to tell the person, let's say someone damaged someone's property, right? You know who did it. And by the way, someone did this. What's going to say who? But like, that's basically what he does, because at the end of the day... Right, so we learned about that. He brings it down. You're not allowed to. If he's going to find out. If he's going to find out who it is, you're not allowed to. And also, um, with what he's saying, I can see a case would be like, you can tell, I see, but what we would probably go over to someone and be like, I have a question. If I told you about something, I'm only going to tell you this thing if you are willing to work it out with the person. Right. That, that probably that? would be good. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. Yeah. Again, the key of Lashon Hara, the key of Lashon Hara and Rechilis and all these things is that it separates people and it makes people be upset at each other. It doesn't bring people together. If you're able to go ahead and somehow say something that will help bring people together, then in a khanami, that, that would be something that, that you could do, but, but obviously you have to be very careful. Yeah. What do you mean? Someone tells you something about you. Can't act on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not supposed to know that in general. That what? That what? If, if, if I tell you, if I tell Moshe, there's Moshe Kayim. Moshe tells Kayim that he doesn't like Aaron, right? And Kayim goes to Aaron and tells Aaron, Moshe doesn't like you. Aaron's not supposed to know that Moshe doesn't like him. Correct. He would have went to, you know what I'm saying? So like, Correct. Well, like, no okay, but they're just saying that if there's a way you could say, I want to tell you something to work it out with him, would you work it out with him? That could be a little different. You're not just, you know, shooting, shooting from the hip and saying, oh, this guy said this thing about you. If you really care, and like Moshe is saying, or if you, you know, you go ahead and you, you know, you, you find a way for, for them to, you know, get together and to have a conversation without you saying that ain't a khanami.
That's different. Correct. But that's not the straight. Correct. 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 Yeah, you're right. Yes, well said. Yes. In case that someone against you. Against you? Against you. Someone did something against you. That's true, Are you able to go over to him and try to make peace even if there's a chance that he's going to find out who told you? I don't understand the case. The question is, Chan comes over to you. Over to you and said, uh, someone, uh, um, did something to, to you. Right. That's you like, that's Rechilas. That's Rechilas, but are you allowed to go over to him? And Who's him? The, 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 the one who, who did something to you? Who did something to you and tried to make peace with him, even if there's a chance. Probably not. That, no. That, so that, that's what Moshe was saying. You don't want it to end up that Chaim knows about it, because if Chaim knows about it, then he's going to know. Why, am I, why are you going over to him? To try to make peace. Whatever, okay, but well, from what? So you're right. I mean, if there's a way you could... First of all, that's believing it. You don't want to believe it. You don't want to believe it. Yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky once the cat's out of the bag, so to speak. It's tricky. That's why it's very dangerous to mention to someone anything from uh, anything that someone else said about somebody. Okay. Hashem should help us all. We should all be zocha, not to speak any Lashon Hara, Rechilas. You have to be very, very careful, very careful um, in speaking Lashon Hara, speaking any Rechilas. And like Mayer said, Mayor Mattel was saying the Po is... Um, is that it's very important for a person to be here. Once you start bringing in other people in this situation, right? once you start bringing other people into the story of life, of what's going on, that's when things get dangerous. When you start saying, oh, what happened in the past, or what's going to happen, or did you hear what happened over there? If we all stay within where we are over here, God willing, when you're sitting at the kitchen table with your family for supper, when you're sitting at the dining room table with your children, with your family, the only people you want to be talking about are the people who are in the room. I just want to say this. I mean, we've learned this when it comes to siblings and family. I do the same thing. I try and do the same thing with siblings. Meaning if there is a sibling who's not at the table, nobody at the table is even going to be talking even about a sibling who's not there. For sure, that is not Lashon Hara. I'm saying even to start mentioning about a sibling. I don't want to hear about it. Let's talk about everybody who's here. Let's talk about the people we are. Okay, it doesn't mean that we can't say, oh, is so-and-so going to be for Shabbos? Is so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. You can ask an inf- information question. But you have to be very, very, very careful that the only people you're talking about are the people who are present wherever you are. So Hashem should help us all. Shol Bizocha especially as we're entering Hanukkah. Hanukkah is a, is a, uh, is a very, very powerful yomtiv. We should all be zocha to not speak any Lashon Hara over today, over Hanukkah, over all of us and all the Jewish people. And through that will be zocha lahodos lahalo. The, the purpose, one of the major purposes of Hanukkah is to give thanks to Hashem, is to use our mouth for the right things, to be thankful, and to see all the good that we have, to, to mention all the positive things that we have in life. There's enough positive that we don't have to mention anything negative, even about people. There's only there's enough positive that we can mention. Hashem should help us and all the Jewish people to be zocha today and every day, not to speak any Lashon Hara Rechilas, us and everyone. Okay. A great segue to what I want to talk about today in Mesil Sisharim, which is we are continuing on the understanding, Parak Chavbez, of understanding what is Anava, what is humility, and then after we finish understanding it, hopefully we will learn how to acquire 
humility. As the Ramchal says, a humble person more or less is more powerful than the smart person. The humble person is somebody who's happy. The humble person is someone who gets along with everybody. The humble person, which we'll talk about, it's not at all what we think humility is. People think that humility is is that you shy away from who you are. It's the exact opposite. The humble person is very confident. The humble person is very um, secure. The humble person does a lot. The humble person is a very busy, busy, busy person doing what? Doing him. Doing him. Living the way Hashem made him, the way Hashem made you. And just to give a little bit of a recap of what we said the last few days, and then we're going to go on to a next level, the way he says it, is basically, basically, is when a person understands who he is, and a person accepts who he is, and a person loves and cherishes and strengthens who he is, and he's not trying to be anybody else, and he accepts himself with his shortcomings, and he accepts himself with his talents, and he basically accepts himself um, unconditionally. Obviously, it's a high level, but that is humility. Humility is totally as he says. As he says over here, like the Of Shemagbiyah I'm going to give two quick examples that a person can have. Right, The example I gave was the cat that meows and the dog that barks. When you expect the cat to bark and the dog to meow, that's when you are in trouble. Let me just give two examples of that. One example is when it comes to other people. If somebody acts a certain way in your life and you expect that person, let's say in your stage it's usually parents, right? Usually parents. So what is it? I expect my parent or I expect my life to be something different than it is. That's expecting the cat to bark. What would happen if a cat meows and you're like, oh, why is the cat meowing? The cat should bark. That's when all your anxiety, then that's when all your problems begin. But once you realize, I'll give an example. Let's say somebody has a father who acts a certain way, and you expect your father to be a different way. So what are you talking about? That's who your father is. It's only when we don't accept who that person is, is when we suffer a lot. Or you could look at it in the positive as well, right? A lot of times, now look at that in yourself. We'll, we'll, we'll bring that into yourself, because that's really where another begins, is that it's harder to see it in yourself, because we want to change. And like we spoke about the other day, the only way to change is to first accept who you are, exactly who you are. Only then can a person begin to change. One of the biggest challenges that people have, as I've said when it comes to ways, is that you need to have goals. You need to know your address. But more importantly, I think what we suffer from is we don't have the proper location of where we are right now. I'm not really clear with where I am right now. I haven't accepted who I am right now. Just like I don't accept my father for who he is. I don't accept my mother. I don't accept the people around me for who they are. So too, I don't accept myself for who I am. That's level number one in the negative. And then in the positive, it goes the same way. A lot of times when a person realizes that I have kokos, a lot of times when a person realizes that I have kokos and I have strengths, people get all like um, uncomfortable discovering their strengths, which goes in the same way as your weaknesses. I don't want to see what my strengths are. I don't want to acknowledge my strengths. As Rabbi Sol Salanter said, woe to the person who doesn't know his weaknesses, but it's worse, oy vavoy, woe, double woe, to a person who doesn't know his strengths. So says the Mesil Sisharim, Question, comments before I am going to read the next piece on the Mr. Bashar. Yes. 
Um, people are constantly changing. They're constantly going up and down. Their strengths or weaknesses. So which parts are you supposed to accept? The aspects of your characteristics that are always there, or also the parts that are constantly changing? Everything. At all. Everything. But that means every day you have to accept yourself new. Yes. 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 Exactly. Exactly. You. You. It's so funny, Ben. You said it as a question. He says, "Oh." Oh, so that means I have to every day accept myself new. Yes, that's exactly what you have to do in order to be successful. Because most of the time, yes, Rabbi yeah, T. I, I want to add that ever since I'm here, so I, I tell my kids before I drop them off, whoever's been in my car, I tell them, you know, it doesn't matter what happened yesterday, it's all about today. So the other day, my son was giving this kid cloth and these little tickets they collected and uh, I, I knew he got in a fight with that kid so I was like Mo why are you giving it to him so he's like you tell me it doesn't matter what happened yesterday <laughs> you know Rabbi see you're the one who sent out that, that video from one of the tzaddikim the tzaddik yeah. I think that says what you're saying is that children children well, it's, it's double. I want to I talk about even more a little bit. Children can fight with each other, and the next day they could be, they could be happy. Part of the reason for that, part of the reason they can play, play with each other, part of the reason is because of what Rabbi Tzvi just said. Because they're able to move on. They're not holding on to things. They're comfortable in a, in a funny way with who they are, and they sort of just want to do what they got to do. They want to be happy. They're not stuck on, on these things. An adult, it's never like that. An adult, it's never like that. Somebody could do something to you, and you can hold a grudge against them for the rest, for the rest of your life. You have siblings. You have people, Rahman al-Atzlan. You have siblings who don't talk to each other. You have parents and children, God, Hashem Yirachim, who don't talk to each other because of one little thing that they did. If a person would... Would, would uh, Ben, like you're saying, if a person would be able to live today fresh and new and like nothing happened before, so then he wouldn't know what to do with himself. He wouldn't know what to do with himself. But yes, the answer to your question is absolutely. You want to accept yourself for today, for this moment, for this moment, for today. Yes, Yehuda. Oh, sorry. Do you mind telling the oil? Yeah. Or they should come in. It's important. There's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so, so, so we never saw this in like any like you know marriage book or whatever. But like we thought of it ourselves. So, so I was good. But, but, uh, but we always try that whenever like we have. So, so we always try to like like what what we spoke at is like create a new like relationship because. Because we know that I'm out the whole day, my wife is out the whole day, so I'm at home, so I can't like expect it that like that like we're the same people, you know? Because there's probably some crazy stuff that like went down that day. So let's like reconnect and like let's just, like create like a new like you know connection. Beautiful. Because because it's uh yeah like like that's why. In the morning, so I, so I usually leave with like, all right, I'm gonna see you on the other side. Right, um, beautiful, 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 beautiful. They don't know what you're talking about, but yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, good. I hear, hundred percent, hundred percent. The more a person, the more a person can re-acclimate um, himself to himself, the more a person can relearn himself over and over the better it is and the more fresh it is. The more fresh you are. Because otherwise, right, you're like, oh, here we go again. Another day, right, Groundhog Day. Here it is. Here we go again. This is it. No, it's not. It's not another day. So what, uh, what's the shot with why the kids can, can uh, not hold, hold not hold Right. So one of, the, the, one of the reasons is because they're constantly growing and they're constantly moving forward. And they, they don't have a rear view mirror. And they choose to be happy. They, they choose to be happy, right. Here. That's right. That, right. Well, happiness, correct. I'm just explaining the lumbness of it. The happiness is a, a person who's happy. Why are children happy? 
Correct. Children are happy because they got moved. They got. They got. I gotta get somewhere. I gotta get somewhere. A person becomes a teenager. A person starts getting stuck. So then automatically he's like, okay, now I could sit around and do nothing. What? What? What kid? A kid, Rachman Litzlan, a ten-year-old kid, an eight-year-old kid who's sitting around, who suffers from depression, is very, 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 very unique and is a very big problem. A person usually starts suffering from depression, a person starts becoming depressed and down, usually when he's a teenager, usually when he starts thinking too much. A child is moving, he's on the move. I gotta make moves, I gotta go, I gotta do things, I gotta accomplish things. Yeah, make sense? Yeah, yeah. Now listen to what the Ramchal says. The Ramchal is, is Baruch Hashem for the Ramchal. Ramchal says like this, he says, he says, what is this comparable to? He says, He says, it's like people who work in a house. Right? Like an orchestra. You have the guy who's playing the drums. You have a guy who's playing the clarinet. You have a guy who's playing the bass. You have a guy who's playing the flute, and everybody, the violin, the the guitar, the trumpet, and even the guy at the end with the triangle. Even that guy, even that guy at the end, right, is somebody who's part of the orchestra. What's the pshat? The pshat is, is that when you are, and you understand what your tafkid is, and you understand who you are, and you stop trying to be somebody else. And what happens a lot is when people grow up in a home, and people grow up in a house, and it happens, and you grow up with a lot of kids, or you grow up with older brothers, or you grow up with older siblings, and your parents subconsciously, or whatever happens, they say you should be like this, and you grow up in a culture that you should be like this, and I'm using the word on purpose, you should be like this, and you should be like that, and you should be like that. What that does to a person, especially sometimes when you're every, every I'm just now talking about the younger kids in a, in a big family, every, every child has their own challenges being in a family, but when you're a part of a large family, and you're younger, and your parents sort of put on you, or you put on yourself, who exactly you're supposed to be, who you should be. So what happens is a person's not able to go ahead and accept who he is exactly the way he is and to live the way he is supposed to live. And the Ramchal says, he says, listen to what he says, incredible. He says, Ein bekan makom legaiva lefi ha'emeth. He says, once you are clear, while you're mishmeres, and this is how... This is, shows us that we have no idea what Gaiva is, and we have no idea what Anava is. Baruch Shem, we have the Ramchal to teach us. And he says, when you know what your mission is in life, and you're clear on what your mission is, it's impossible for you to have Gaiva in truth. Why? Because you're clear about what your mission is, and you're going to accomplish your mission. You think about all the people in, in our, in our, as, our, as the Tzaddikim. You think of Avram Avinu. Was Avram Avinu mission-oriented? He sure was. He had a very clear mission. What does it say about Avram Avinu? He was known as being humble. Moshe Rabbeinu, for sure. Moshe Rabbeinu is Anav Mikol Adam. Talk about a mission. Talk about a man with a mission. Humility. David HaMelech. David HaMelech, the king of the Jewish people. Talk about a mission. All the humble people, all leaders are the humble ones. You know why? Because it's not about them. It's about their mission. It's either about you or it's about your mission. And most of us, most of us, when you're young, so someone wants to say, oh, how do I know what my mission is? I'm 18 years old. I'm 19 years old. I'm 20 years old. You know what my response to you is? You know what your mission is? Your mission is, what's your mission this week? What's your mission this month? Why are you in yeshiva? What's my mission? You don't have to know what your cloliastic mission is, why you were put in this world. You don't know. It's hard to know. But to say, what is my mission while well, I'm in yeshiva? Is my mission to finish a mesechta? 
It's my mission to learn, know how to learn better. It's my mission to go to therapy and understand my anxiety. It's my mission to understand why I drink too much. It's my mission to understand why I, why I give in to my desires. It's my mission. But if you are not mission-oriented, says the Ramchal, then that is a symptom of ego. It's a symptom of gaiva. And he says... He says, somebody who has a straight head and is not warped, he says, once you have this clarity of your mission, then, inside of yourself, you know clearly what it is you have to do. Yes. Please. Also, I think that that person also is, is it possible that the person is also not aware of like like what Rabbi said, like his mission. He doesn't doesn't have a mission, so he's just like almost like floating. He doesn't really know. He doesn't really know his purpose. He doesn't know why he's here. Maybe he's just unaware. Maybe it's not only just like the Gaiva part. But, like maybe he doesn't think that he needs to work on anything. I missed that. I missed that point. That what are you saying? That what? Here it is, right here. I'm, I'm going to start from here. Right here. That's what we just did. He doesn't really know. He's not aware. He's not aware of the situation. He's not aware that he that like there's such a thing as like. Oh, you're asking. You're no, I'm what? asking. I'm adding, you're adding that. Saying that, that a lot of times the guy becomes because he's not aware. Correct. He's just, not, he's just not aware. Correct. It's not... That's so, so what, uh, the words of Gaiva spell... Um, aware. Uh, oh, no, I was going to say, <laughs> it spells... Um, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the words of Gaiva spell big. Ooh, wow. <laughs> you just thought about that now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. I like that. Very good. Very good. Gaiva, beautiful. Gaiva in English spells beautiful mayor. Spells vague. Beautiful. Beautiful. But it's so true. I want to, I want to say something. It's so true because people, again, the reason, the reason that that's true, just to talk this out, the reason that that's true is because it's the, it's the word called ego. Ego blinds a person. Ramchal says that. A person's inflated ego makes it dark for a person. And he makes it that he can't see himself. That's why a person who's sunken into desires, somebody who's sunken into desires, is somebody who is filling up his ego. He's willing to... Right, well, how does it work? Let, let, let's just talk this out. How does it work? When you have a clear mission, when you're a little kid, you're not giving in to your desires. You're moving in a direction. You're moving somewhere. The second a person hits puberty, and the second a person gets confused with Tivus, so then he forgets where he's going, and he will end up getting his enjoyment from somewhere that doesn't bring him in, in his enjoyment. Because the ultimate simcha is malushan happiness, is malushan tzmicha is when a person is moving and he's growing. It's not what we think it is. When a person is busy and a person has a day, go ahead and have a day from 7 o'clock in the morning till 12 o'clock at night and be busy and busy and busy and try to not be happy. And if you're not happy then, then you have a happiness problem. Listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. Wake up early in the morning. Work hard. Have a mission. Be focused on your mission. Be so busy. And then if at the end of the day you feel a sense of depression or a sadness, then you have to deal with something that's called sadness. Whether it's trauma that you've had, whether it's something else. Yeah, no, again, I'm out. Why, why are you? Why, I'm out, Chad. Let me hear. This is the truth. school of all This kid came Huh? Right, exactly, because because the shot is what? We do something wrong with the simcha, something bad. Right, correct. Well, our now, I just want to talk this out. This is very important for you guys in yeshiva. I want to just talk more to, to you guys. Your challenge 
is, is more the busyness. Your challenge is more the mission of what you got to do now while you're here. Whatever that mission might be. Yes, if a person has struggles with certain feelings about himself, he could talk about it, he could read about it, he could speak to somebody. But the yeshiva bachar problem is more wasting time. That's the challenge of the yeshiva bachar, is not accomplishing, not finishing. You don't want to end up leaving this yeshiva with at least, uh, you know, let me say it the other way. You want to end up leaving yeshiva, whether you're here for one year, two years, three years, at least reading 20 books, 30 books. That's not a lot. It's not a lot. It's not a lot. Because if you read a book a month, which is not a lot also, then you can read in one year, you read five to eight books. So I'm just saying, it's, and, and if you get yourself trained to read, readers are leaders. Readers are leaders. It doesn't take a long time. It doesn't take a stretch. It's some problem. What? Yeah, it's okay. We don't have to illustrate it. But it's true. Yes. What? You didn't do it this year. I didn't do it yet this year? Okay, we'll do it. Readers are leaders. Yeah, go. I once heard from from same classmate that the two main problems that Yeshiva Bokham have is one is physical parent that they're not doing anything all day, and the other one is Russian horror. Those are the two main issues that Bokham face. Wow, is what? Is being busy? Yeah, yeah. Doing nothing and Russian horror. Right, very good, which go together. Because if I'm too... If I'm too busy living my life, I don't got time. I don't got time to talk about it. Who's got time to sit and talk about stupidity? I'm too busy trying to accomplish and accomplish and accomplish. And he says, says the Ramchal like this. He says, Now it's incredible. He says like this. He says, I, 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 I want to just read the Lushan. It's incredible the way he says it. He says, Mesharze Abayas, that everybody is assigned something specific. He says, Ve'ain Bekan Mokum Lagaiva Lafia MS. There's no, there's no, you don't have a time, you don't have a place to have your ego involved. People are only thinking about their ego. You know what, know, know what I tell people? Think about your ego after you accomplish everything that you accomplish. People say, oh, I'm worried. Sometimes I have this with guys who are, who are accomplishing a lot. Oh, but they're worried if they're going to get all stark and they're worried, all oh, this, you're going to become a Balgaiva. I say, great, first become a Balgaiva and then we'll work on it. First, finish the Masechta. First, exactly. First, go ahead and be someone who's accomplishing so much that you start feeling like, whoa, I am the man. And then we'll deal with the fact that you feel like you're the man. But don't stop accomplishing because you're worried that you're going to feel like you're the man. Because that's pure Yetzirah. Because as the Ramchal says straight out, if you're busy doing your thing, right? You look at Yehuda race. Let's talk about Yehuda race. Right? who's doing his thing he's not looking at anybody else doing his thing right doing his thing contributing doing things behind the scenes in front of the scenes doing all these things for the yeshiva after hours exactly so then so then so then what could Yehuda say he could say he could come and he could sit down and say Rabbi I have a problem my problem is I'm doing so much I'm doing incredible things I don't want it to get to my head that's a beautiful, beautiful conversation. It's a beautiful, beautiful conversation. See, see, people. Yes, show me. I have the opposite problem. I I'm scared to 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 start out in this because I'm scared I'm gonna I'm gonna stop it. I'm gonna fail. Mm. Right. I, I can I can have a sick month, but I'm scared to have a good month because what happens in a month and a day when when when, uh, when I just can't get out of bed. That's why. Right. That's why so I don't want to do the month at all. Beautiful. So so, so first of all, go ahead and push me. 
So that's what, so that's what we spoke about the first few shurim, if you remember. The first few shurim we said, the humble person, since I'm humble anyway, and it's okay, then it's okay if you fail. It doesn't matter. And then the Rav said nothing can stop you. Correct. Because if I'm afraid, yeah. Say, no, no, I want to hear it again. No, no, I want to hear it from you. But it, no, but it's so true. If you're, first of all, I just want to tell you something. First of all, first of all, you're going to fail. And you're going to mess up. Embrace it. Yeah, I'm saying, I, I, I'm, my experience is, my experience is, the more you try things, That's my the more you're going to, right? No, but the more you try things, the more you're going to make mistakes. But you know what? You'll keep on getting back on track. If you're afraid to make mistakes, then you'll never do anything. But if you realize you're going to make mistakes, right? Someone said a beautiful pshat about, we'll, we'll end off with this pshat, about Hanukkah. This is someone who's very uh, dear to me, who was in yeshiva, not, not in this yeshiva, it was uh, in my shir many years back in, in the original Mesil Sisharm shir in Shayashiv. And he came to me, I think it was during Hanukkah, we were talking about having, talking Mahamash about this shleimi. And he says, oh, I think I said this over last year, a few years ago, about the menorah. What happens when you light the menorah, right? You light candle number one tonight, right? Then what happens? It shines beautifully. Then what happens to that candle? I want everyone to hear this. It's a beautiful muscle. What happens to that candle? It dies. That month dies. What happens the next month, the next day? What do you light? Two. Two. Why do you light two? Why do you light two? Because no shot is, is because you really have the night before. It just is, went out. And now you light two. And what happens after those two candles? They go out. The next night, you light three. What does that signify? Yeah, but from eight candles to darkness is more painful than one, than one light to darkness. One more time. From a full menorah, from such light Beautiful. to such darkness is very scary. Correct. Correct, but you don't. But you don't realize that the next night you'll light nine, and you'll have more. You'll have more light and more light. And, and that every darkness night. is part of the light, by the way. You're looking at that failure as darkness. Correct. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. It's there. But again, again, the point is, the point is, slimy. The point is, if you know that darkness is going to come, and you know that darkness is part of life. And you know that failure is part of life. And making mistakes is okay. part of life. It's okay. It's okay that it's darkness also. It's okay. It's okay that it's dark. It's okay that you fail. But I think that what it comes down to, what it comes down to, and this is what's very important, is your mission. Because if you're focused on your mission, and I'm not talking to you specifically, I'm talking to everybody here. If you're focused on a mission, then you're not as concerned about the darkness and the light. You're focused on your mission, and you have what to accomplish. When a person is focused on how he feels, and a person is focused on whether I'm dark, whether it's light, whether I'm having an aliyah, whether I'm having a yurida, what's my future going to be, how's everything going to be, you know what those are signs of? Those are signs of you have too many things on your mind to think about. That's why I say the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Because if my goal today, if my goal today is to be learning today, if my goal today is to be doing X, Y, and Z, I don't have time to think so much about the darkness and the light. What I have time to think about is am I accomplishing what is my mission today, what is my mission in my life. So that's a lot of it also. Yes. Yes, keep asking that question, correct. Yes. One thing about the candles, yes. without the darkness, you can't appreciate the light. Correct, yeah. correct. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Not only, some, not only sometimes, not only sometimes, but all the time. All the time. All the time. Also, we're talking about goals, right? Yes. You need, like you said, a destination and ways, but how do you distinguish between the short-term goals and the long-term goals? Oh, Good. So that's a great. That's a great. In your short-term goals, in your short-term goals, you could put in a time to figure out your long-term goals. But how old are you? 
Seventeen years old. You're sitting here. You're sitting here. Exactly. You're sitting here. You don't have to worry about your long-term goals. A person accomplishing today is the greatest thing you could do. Guys, the greatest thing you could do for your future, the greatest thing, and you could underline this, asterisk this, and if there's one thing you remember, remember this. The greatest thing you could do for your future is live today to the greatest that you can. Have a great today. That's the best thing you can do for your future. What people do is they sit around with their future. Oh, I'm depressed. I wasted a month of doing nothing. Why? Because I'm anxious about my future. That's the worst thing you could do for your future. The best thing you could do for your future is live today to the fullest. That's the best thing. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if you do that every day, then you will be building yourself up. You'll be building yourself up. Yeah, us. Skili. Skili. Wow. Now I know it's Hanukkah, almost Hanukkah. This is a, this is, yeah, this is good stuff going on. Yes. Skili. Kusiel. Yes. So, like, my uncle just sent me this fantastic quote. Yeah. Like, not just a little while ago, just remind I just want to share it. It said, A person should, should give up his whole future for today, so he will not waste all his todays for one tomorrow. Mm. Say that again. I'm sorry I didn't get that, sir. Give up Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> right? So he doesn't end up wasting all his todays for one tomorrow. Correct. Correct. Mm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yes, beautiful. Right. I want to tell you guys something. When I, when I look, I want to tell everyone something. When you watch, when you watch Skeely perform, when I watch, when I watched Skeely perform, I think, what was it, last year? Was it last year when I, when I, was it, no, it was last year when I had that. No, no, but I'm saying, when did I have the, uh, when did I have that? Was this past one? No, it was too. something there. It's for the CM. Okay. When I wa- when I saw Skeely play and I watched him lose himself in the music. Talk about talk about exactly in the moment. Talk uh, talk about right. Talk about losing. Talk about losing yourself. Right. Talking about. Talking about losing yourself in the moment, which is really <coughs> stripping yourself of ego. If you look at somebody perform, and I saw Skeely just do his thing with his guitar and just, just not care about what the crowd, not care about anything except for being lost in what he's doing. When you see pictures of tzaddikim, when they're davening, or you watch a tzaddik davening, what they're doing is they're totally can't imagine what they talk about davening of the, the getting rid of your body. I can, I can a little bit, I think, understand it because it shows that you're so focused on something else that you're, you let, you sort of like shed your body. You shed, when you see a guy learning and he's involved in learning, when you see a guy playing ball, lahavdal, but, but, but the truth is if you're doing it the shame Shemaim, then it's the same thing. If you're playing ball to be healthy, then it's the same thing to, to feel good about yourself. And you see somebody who's lost in that element. It's such a beautiful sight. So thank you, Skeely. Yes. Yeah. Jam, let's jam. In order to figure out what your short-term goals are, you have to figure out a little bit of idea of something that we want to be in long-term. Yes, I agree with you. Most of us here in yeshiva are here in yeshiva because they want to better themselves. They want to better themselves in Torah. They want to better themselves with Hashem. Correct, correct. So I'm saying anyone who came, once you make that first move, 100%, a guy who made his first, I'm talking about us in yeshiva, a guy who made his move to say, I want to be in yeshiva. The reason he came to yeshiva is for his future. (coughs) But you don't have to think about your future. You think about now. That's the point. But correct. 100% right. Correct. Yes. <coughs> that what? The Hanukkah pshat? The Hanukkah pshat was is that when I light a candle, even if the candle goes out, that candle still stays with me. And tomorrow I have that candle. 
when I light two candles and that candle goes out, that, that stays with me. A lot of times when a person does things and then he has a, fall, a shlimy, shlimy was saying, oh, I can do things and then I'm afraid of the failure. But you'll still keep that success with you even though you're failing now. You have nothing to worry about the fact that you're failing now. You have nothing to worry about the fact that the candle goes out. Because the following night, you're going to light another candle. So the next time you're back on track, It'll be even brighter than it was before. That's all. That was the point. Yeah, it's just Yehuda and then Shaya. I, I just want to quickly say what I have here from Rebbe from, yeah. uh, from last time. Yeah. Was, uh, and it's Mamish on this page, and, and I think that it's directly what Shlomo was saying. Yeah. That, that, that when somebody else, like, even if, he's, even if somebody else is, like, all over the place, so, so, so we can totally understand what it means to just, like, let him be, you know. So I have to remember that when it comes to ourselves, and the quote is, "Let me be." That like, okay, that like, that like, you know, one day I could be here, one day I could be there. But like, what am I driving like myself crazy for? Am I chepering myself? Correct. Like, like just let me go through life the way right. that a person goes through life. Correct. So let me be. So beautiful, beautiful. Shkayach. Thank you, Yehuda. Shkayach. The fact that Yehuda has a ring now, I'm saying that's uh, unbelievable. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yes, Shaya. So I was saying to give Shani a little uh, answer. Um, so Shani was saying that he's worried that like after the eighth night, then all the candles go out, and then like you, like when you're supposed to do sheer darkness, but like in the ladder of like the ladder of success in life. There's no, there's no rules of eight nights or seven nights. You can light a million nights if you want. Correct. 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 It's all from Hashem. It's all from Hashem. And again, and again, I, I, I want to end off with this. That humility, humility, as the Ramchal says very clearly, humility is your ability to keep your eye on the ball and keep the main thing the main thing, which means that you are focused on your goals and you're persistent. You don't worry if you have your darkness. You're not worried if you have your light. You're not worried about anything. All you're doing is living today and you're living to the best of your ability. That's what you're doing. And when a person is clear about what it is that I'm supposed to do today, Hayom, Hayom, they say, I heard from a big tzaddik from the Kal of the Rebbe, he needs a big Rufur Shlema, that Hayom are the Rosh Tevis of Haser Mimenu Yagon Vanacha, which means if you want to get rid of all of your pain and your stress, focus on Hayom, focus on today. And when a person focuses on today, that's when he's able to accomplish all that he needs to accomplish. Hashem should help us all. We should all be Zocha to the words of the Ramchal, we should be zochet to be called an anav amiti, shebelibo bekirbu anav, and shlaimi to, to what you were saying. Not to be afraid to fail. Not to be afraid not to accomplish. Because as long as my focus is on the thing that I want to focus, Hashem will help me accomplish. That's up to Hashem whether I'm successful or not successful. Hashem will turn on the lights, and Hashem will turn off the lights. All I have to do is say, I'm going to continue through the darkness and through the light. That's what you have to say. If a person goes ahead and says, whether it's raining or whether it's shining, whatever the, whatever the weather is outside, I'm going to continue on my mission. I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing. That is how a person gets to where he wants to get to. I'll end off with Ellie. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, I was just thinking uh, we're all worried about failure, but if you think about it, let's say you fail once, let's say you fail twice, let's say you fail three times. If you fail a hundred times, you're still going to get there as much as you keep on trying. So it doesn't matter if you fail because you're only one step closer when you fail. You know, not to do that and just move on to the next Right, correct. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And Hashem should help us, as Rabbi Tzvi said, Hashem should help each and every one of us be like little children that we don't think about yesterday and we're able to move forward, we're able to get excited, we're able to be happy. As the Mezr Chamagat says, right, there are three things we learn from children, more do you want to take it away, right? There are three things we learn from children. Number one, they're always happy. Number two, they're always busy. They're always busy. 
They're happy, busy, and this is one of my favorites. And also says the message to Magid, when they don't get what they want, they cry until they get it. They cry until they get it. Which means they're, they're persistent to get what they want. So Hashem should help us smash our rear view mirrors. Hashem should help the light of Hanukkah light each and every one of us and all the Jewish people. And to remember that today is the first day of the rest of our life. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Shkosh.